everyone. I am Darren Carp, and you are hearing hey, the. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that Nelly? Is that David Archuleta? It's, no, it's John Thrasher. It's inspired by, of course, David Archuleta and all of the other amazing, talented people that I love: Spice Girls, David Archuleta, Lady Gaga, I, Beyonce. I, I do love that you're. The first thing on this agenda is, uh, is 2021 flying by? It is. Because how in the fuck is it October already? I don't get it. I, I mean, don't get it. I don't get listen. it. Because I no, was listening ahead. to a news story and they were like, yeah. oh, it was Britney Spears' conservatorship. Yes. And they were like, and the trial happened on June 23rd. Like when she made that statement, yeah. you know, like her statement mm-hmm. being like, I have an IUD that I can't get rid oh, of. I hated that. That was June 23rd. Which was now several months ago. It feels like it was yesterday. That was the beginning of summer. Well, you know what it is, is I was thinking 2020 was so complicated and it it was a bit of a blur and you kind of expected it, right? Because we were kind of like all inside without vaccines um, for the most part. This year, I think I was expecting to be a little bit more normal because I was like, all right, vaccines are coming. Maybe we'll all be traveling. You know, you'll be able to fill up your year with... All these different things. And I think a lot of people have been able to do that. But I don't know. I was looking at our calendar, Darren, for Shaken and Disturbed. And I'm like, we're already releasing episodes in October. How is this happening? But Like we're leading up to Halloween right now. I know. I know. What is going on with us? It's kind of mage. But um, what are you drinking today? Well, you know, I'm still on the hunt. This is like the great apple pie Bailey's hunt of 2021. There has to be a place that has it. There has to be. And like, you know, I could probably order it somewhere. Like, I don't know. I'll look for it even harder, I think, because I kind of... I, I loosely looked in the last week, and I still can't find it. So I'm still using my Baileys in my coffee. It keeps my my voice nice and warm um, for today's show. But as soon as I hit that pumpkin or that apple pie Baileys, wait a minute, is there pumpkin pie Baileys? I just said that on accident. Oh I know you said it on accident, but like, <laughs> don't let's not put it out there in the universe. No, if like, there is yeah. a pumpkin pie Baileys, I'm gonna be drunk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm just You're letting screwed. everybody know. Yeah. So I'm still working on my regular Baileys until the time comes that I get apple pie and or pumpkin. All of spice. a sudden, all of a sudden, John, you're gonna be like, "Hey, do you want to record five episodes this week?" In and a I'm row. Like, I'm like, I don't, uh, sweetie. That seems like a lot. You Listen, know, the fans like, would love it. How many times do, do you get these messages from our listeners and Instagram? I'm like, hey, we were wondering, could you guys release more episodes? I'm like, listen, do you guys want to pay? Do you want to get 10 of your friends to subscribe to Patreon and we can all quit our jobs and do do five episodes a week? I I wouldn't mind. I would love that, by the way. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Wouldn't mind that happening. Um, what about you? So, so I am drinking. Well, I have. I opened a can of Diet Coke because Mama needs a little pick me up. I heard. Um, but I was also well, previously. I opened a can of. Have you ever? I know we've talked about this of like canned like uh, vodka, like uh, hard seltzers, and how yeah. you know everyone loves like the Trulys yeah. and the White Claws, but they're actually malt liquor. And oh, I yes. get really just I don't feel good on them, and I don't really particularly like the taste. Sorry, unpopular right. opinion alert. No, but it's true. I don't. Either. I find in this brand High Noon. Okay. That actually has vodka in it, but they have amazing flavors. And this pineapple flavor, mm. it's like it's so good, it's deadly because you don't know what you're drinking. Almost, it's like, oh yeah, I'll have <laughs> seven high noons. You know, this what I is mean? my problem with my. You know me, I love my fruity drinks. That's my biggest problem. Is like I'll suck them down like Kool Aid or juice, and then right. two two or three in, and I can't walk straight. 
So, right. and well, I never, listen, I never could walk straight. But I'm Well, that's. You like it because I've always I, been a, a gay guy. Do you get, get it? Do you oh, get the gay, gay joke? Yeah. Oh, you're gay? Yeah, breaking oh, news, right. guys. The, yeah, I'm, he's I'm here a all homo. week, people. He's that's here right. all week. That's right. Um, But hopefully I'll be able to get through today's today's case case. well today's case is crazy darren it is it is so oh yeah we're reporting on it oh yeah reporting on it yeah some would say it makes you shaken and disturbed okay that's right fall is busy but hello fresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning shopping and shopping so you can get back to what matters HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. HelloFresh has you covered with some delicious meals. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls and Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. I personally love HelloFresh. I have about 9,000 million jobs. And honestly, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to think about is what I'm going to cook for dinner. Having these friendly recipes already basically prepped for me is a time saver. And not only that, they are deliciously good. And let me just tell you something. My girlfriend is very, very happy. Go to HelloFresh.com Shaken14 and use code Shaken14 for 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Shaken14 and use code Shaken14 for 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Well, in the early hours of June 13, 1996, 18-year-old Angie Dodge was raped and stabbed to death oh. in her Idaho Falls apartment. Right off the bat, we're giving you a tragic detail today. Angie's body was discovered soon after her death, after she failed to show up for work. While the and we talked about this, Darren. By the way, in a recent episode, I told Darren I would tell her who the person was uh, off the air that I said failed to show up to work, and like everyone was wondering, like, did they die? And Darren, I told you, and were you surprised by this person that we both no. know? Remember that I guessed it, and you were yeah, like, "Yeah, you did yeah. guess and it." You that's just right. Started to laugh hysterically, yeah. and you were like, "Yeah, of course." And I was like, "Okay, I'm smart." Yeah, that that tracks. I wonder how many I'm of um, smart. our mutual friends are listening and may be wondering if it's them. Who knows? Oh, interesting. Yeah, who knows? Hmm. Well, anyway, while the Idaho Falls Police Department investigated Angie's death, they were unable to find a single viable lead until a year later in 1996. Actually, about six months later, yeah. On January 5th, 1997, a man from Idaho Falls named Benjamin Hobbs was arrested six hours away in Eli, Nevada. Is it Nevada or Nevada? I can't remember because there's been conversation about it. Nevada. Nevada? Okay. No, I don't know. I say, let's say, Las Vegas, Nevada. I would say Nevada, but that's why I feel like it's Nevada because we always say everything wrong. Wrong. That's right. So I, I, I just say Nevada because it's yeah. easy to say to me. But like, we're gonna get yeah. a lot of hate mail for this. We apologize, the state of Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. How about this? You say Nevada, I'll say Nevada, and then we can't be wrong. Okay, cool. Perfect. Done. Well, anyway, uh, Benjamin Hobbs was charged for sexual assault in uh, many hours away. Uh, This piqued the interest of the Idaho Falls police, who started to wonder whether Benjamin might have had something to do with Angie's murder, too. Immediately, I'm wondering why they think that. You know, he's six hours away. He's not in the same state. What is the connection? You know, I I do wonder if it's maybe like 
either the bodies were similarly placed right. or it was a similar, a similar type murder. of or mm-hmm. similar victim. I mean, it does kind of seem odd in a way to be six hours just for one right. particular victim. But perhaps, we'll you know, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Well, investigators began interviewing Benjamin's friends, trying to build a case against him for Angie's death. One of the friends interviewed was 20-year-old Christopher Tapp. He and Benjamin were both part of a gang called the River Rats who hung, who often hung out by the Snake River near Angie's apartment. Now listen, there's a lot of crazy names. I mean, is this Harry Potter? We've got River Rats. We've got Snake River. It's just I, funny because like River Rats is like, I was just walking along the water and like it's yeah. New York City. So you see like you rats see in literal, my, You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, oh, River Rats. Yeah. Like I'm like, it's the least harm. Like. It sounds like a pathetic gang name, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe we have to edit that out in case someone comes after you. I don't know. Let's just oh. keep going. By the way, rats, by the way, I should say rats in New York City have mutated and they now swim and have gills. And they're so, just like giant and they're living in our yeah. apartments and I have five <laughs> as pets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, remember, the, remember those dogs, John? Those were those dogs were, those, were, those were river rats. Those, those were, were river, river rats. rats. Oh, dear. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to be scared. Oh, dear. Thank you. I appreciate You're welcome. that. By the way, You're someone um, tagged me in a TikTok and was like, was this what it was like at Darren's apartment with the dogs? I'm going to have to send it to you. It was just so funny. <laughs> just like the dog just like just screaming being ridiculous. in the background. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was sure. fun. Well, anyway, during the investigation, police discovered that Christopher had been seen with Angie at a party the evening before. Before she died of course does not make him uh, guilty but he's probably a person sure. of interest if nothing else at this point Christopher was initially interviewed by Idaho Falls detectives on January 7th and then released in his first interview Christopher told police that neither he nor Benjamin 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 Benjamin, Benjamin who is of course Andy's child's name how's he doing it sounded Do you know? like wait what'd you say sorry I said I Benjamin just... who is Andy's child by the way oh, how's he he's... doing he is doing really well. Sorry, when Great. you said Benjamin, it made yeah. me think of my, like, my, um, you know, my grandmother passed, like, 14 years ago, mm. but she, because she was so Jewish and from Brooklyn, you know, she'd say, like, Soder, you know, <laughs> right. and stuff like that, so she just put, like, ERs on the She would say things. Benjamin, probably. Benjamin, yeah. yeah, she'd be like, Benjamin, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I get I, that. I don't have an accent, I'm just dumb, that's Well, anyway, difference. you're Edith, you're the reincarnation of Edith. There we so. go, I love yes. that. Well... Like I said in his first interview, Christopher told police that neither he nor Benjamin, or Benjamin, if I'm Edith, or Benjamin. Um, yes. were involved in Angie's death and that he knew nothing about it. And then on January 10th, police scheduled another interview with Christopher. This time, Christopher told police that Benjamin had murdered Angie oh. and had asked him to provide an alibi. Okay, so now we're getting into a place where it's like, by the way, my story changed and I'm pointing fingers at other people. Well, right, but it's also like, are they in cahoots? Are they trying right. to, like, are, did they plan it? You know, it's hard to trust necessarily this, but it's also like they kind of have to take them at their word. Yeah, totally. Well, then police requested that he come back the following day on January 11th. Yeah, you better make sure he comes back the next day if he's saying things like that. Well, I mean, for sure, but before the interview on January 11th, Christopher's parents hired an attorney for their son, which is smart. I mean, yeah. we've talked about often on this show, guilty or not, completely innocent or not, if you're going to involve yourself in a case, I think that it's really just best to have a lawyer on, on hand so you're not getting caught in any of the I was just going to say, the incrimination of yourself could be easy if you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Or you, you, know? or you misstep and you say the wrong thing, which seems yeah. innocuous at the time, but then police's, the police ears might be peaked because yeah. you... Hap, you know, lied by 
not even On knowing accident. that he lied. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So Christopher didn't show up for the third interview. Oh, when God. police came to his home looking for him, Mrs. Tapp told de- detectives that her son would come to the station with his attorney on January 13th to answer more questions. Oh, so, so now he's got a manager. Later. Now he's got a manager. She's like, you know, he's back-to-back in interviews. He's got to go on people. <laughs> yeah. He's got to go on The View. This I, is we'll, you. We'll squeeze this it is, in. This is you with Andy. You're the Mrs. Tap in this situation. Yeah, she's like, have your people call my people. We'll do lunch. <laughs> and he's like, I'm the police. Okay. Right, right, so right. instead of waiting, police returned to the tap zone with a warrant. Absolutely. And arrested, of course, and arrested Christopher for being an accessory to a felony. Not a good idea. I mean, if your parents are smart enough to hire an attorney, you'd think they'd be like, well, no matter what, you should fucking show up because well, then absolutely. they could have a warrant out for your arrest. And on January 15th now, Christopher was re-interviewed, but he's now in custody. Right. This time his story changed again. Again, just not a good oh, sign. Dear. And he claimed he had been present with when Benjamin killed Angie. He claimed that Benjamin had murdered Angie in a fit of rage because Angie had been trying to break up his marriage. Hmm. Now, most of the interviews between Christopher and the detectives were recorded. And after Christopher obtained an attorney, his lawyer watched the interviews from a separate room. On January 15th, Christopher began the process of entering into immunity agreements with prosecutors. Now, these agreements stated that if Christopher provided truthful information about Angie's death, he would only be charged with and allowed to plead guilty to aiding and abetting an aggravated battery. Now, the important thing here is provided truthful information because the moment he lies about anything is the moment this deal goes by the wayside and he's probably charged with his own murder and rape. So... On January 18th, DNS, DNA tests came back, excluding Christopher and Benjamin as the source of semen found on Angie's body and clothing. Oh, right, because she was unfortunately raped before she was murdered. So they have and, lots of DNA evidence, I'm sure. Exactly. And police suggested to Christopher that perhaps another friend of his, Jeremy Sargis, oh dear. was also involved in the crime. I wonder why they think that. Yeah, like, Uh, that's what I keep thinking. Like, we don't have all of these details in our research, but somehow they're able to connect these dots, and I'm just so curious, like, how they got I'm curious also if maybe because they were in a gang together. I don't know if Jeremy Uh, was, but that, like, maybe, you know, this Mm -hmm. is just an assumption, but maybe they had some sort of record, so they had their DNA, so maybe it's kind of like they're trying to see who's implicating who here. Yeah, that's usually how that goes. Right, and Christopher did agree, changing his story yet again, and stated that Benjamin and Jeremy had raped and killed Angie together. It's Uh, just interesting, though, because now the DNA has excluded Benjamin. So I'm just curious as to why he keeps bringing him up. Well, it's also interesting because I'm wondering if the police and the investigators in these moments where he keeps changing his story are in the background playing like background chess trying to figure out what his motive would be you know what i mean because when you go from this happened and then you go from that to now you're pointing fingers right you have to figure out what is the motive behind pointing that finger you know that's like a whole other investigation in and of itself and then that has happened now three or four times you know, you have to put you have to really put your mind in the place of this guy who's changing his story, which this is what investigators do all day long, you know, all for their long. careers. Yeah, exactly. But it's just fascinating to think about, like, how those decisions get made. On January 27th, DNA tests came back proving Jeremy was not the source of the semen found at the crime scene. By the way, okay. I feel like I just sounded like Mari. Uh, okay, as it like, comes to 12-year-old Isaiah, you are right. not the father. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, by the way, we were at those studios. It was iconic. Darren and also, I were on the Steve Wilco show a few years it's ago. It's also Maury's last season. I know, but is, is he still doing Judge Maury? Isn't that like his new thing? I don't 
We'll have to figure that out. We we'll need to, to check in with those people. They were so sweet to us when we were yeah, on their show. Yeah, they were great. They were well, great. anyway, additionally, Jeremy's alibi had checked out, and investigators were confident that he had not been at the crime scene during the murder. Police became frustrated with Christopher and voided his immunity agreement, reminding him that part of his agreement included being honest. Now, as I said, I the wish he's not exactly is she's fucked. And I wish I had an immunity agreement like this against like some of my exes, like some of even my friends. Like, what are the consequences? You know what I mean with friendships like this. But anyway, well, right, exactly. I digress. The same day, Christopher was taken to the crime scene. His lawyer declined to accompany him. That's hmm. interesting in and of itself. After the visit, Christopher changed his story yet again. This now, fucking guy. This fucking guy. <laughs> now claiming. He had held Angie down during her rape and murder. Benjamin was still present in the story, but Jeremy had been replaced by another friend of Benjamin's named Mike, who Chris didn't know. So at this point, let's be honest, like between Benjamin and Christopher and actually everybody associated with this, there's a lot of different scenarios that all lead to different different outcomes. I mean, you know, if he's holding her down, which is like, by the way... I well, even, his involvement I, gets more involved. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And by the way, but, I even hate reading, like, saying, like, holding her down. Like, that is so disturbing to even mention and say in a, in a crime like this. But, right, all of this involvement changes the severity of, of what they've done, in a sense. So, do you, watch Han- do you watch Handmaid's Tale? No, but I've heard a lot about it. There's a lot of that. In yeah. It, and, it, and it's really, really, and especially because it's women doing it. So it's just yeah. a lot of, like, terribleness. But, like, Ugh. this guy keep. One thing's for sure. It's like, obviously, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. But just colloquially for a second, just us kibitzing. This guy yeah. lying. How many times have we said he's lied? Five times I maybe know. now? Yeah. This no, there's is the like, implication of guilt here. Like It's this, too much. Yeah. He's like, guilty of something. He's guilty of something. We know that for sure. Well, on January 30th, Christopher was given his fifth polygraph test. And during the exam, police informed Christopher that he may be given a more lenient sentencing if he had been afraid for his life as he watched Benjamin attack Angie. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Hey, by the way, you may get less time in jail if, by the way, you're also afraid of this. I, I don't know. That's weird to me. Christopher now admitted to participating in the assault, telling authorities that he had cut Angie across her breast, uh, but claimed he only did so because Benjamin threatened to kill him. Christopher, quote unquote, passed the test, but it was noted that he was deceptive when he spoke about participating in the crime. Well, I was wondering, like, fifth polygraph test. Like, why are we doing five of these? But I guess every time probably had more targeted questions because you can really only ask, like, yes or no questions kind of thing to see if you're lying. So perhaps it was just, like, did you hold her arms down as opposed to, like, were you in the room? Yeah, that's true. And also, you know, know, I feel like one of the things I've learned on the show and just being in true crime is that, remember, this is early or um, late 90s, so polygraph tests were... Sure. A bigger thing than they are now. I feel like polygraph tests aren't even really admissible in court these days. Um, or at least they're not kind of the main focus in a way I feel like they were in the 90s. This is just me, like my opinion. But, you know, it is something to note, I would say, compared to today's types of cases. Sure. No, that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. technology has only gotten better and better. Um, right. Well, on February 3rd, Christopher was charged with rape first-degree murder, and use of a deadly weapon in the commission of a felony. Wow. Benjamin was never charged in relation to Angie's death, although he was convicted in the uh, Nevada assault. Nevada. Or Nevada. Uh, yep. Um, assault. So in some senses, I guess we're having a little bit more justice yeah. here. But 
Jeremy was initially charged as an accessory, but charges were dismissed. Christopher's trial began on May 12, 1998, and the defense counsel tried to suppress Christopher's confession, claiming it was coerced. However, the judge said that the majority of Christopher's statements could still be used against him because this fucking guy keeps lying every two seconds. Yeah. And as the police tapes were pres- were presented at trial, it became clear that the authorities were primarily focused on Benjamin as a suspect and were only speaking to Christopher in the hope that he would implicate his friend. Yeah. Which seems to make sense given the five polygraph tests, bringing him in, yeah. giving him deals as often as possible, even after he botched the first deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also want to mention, I know you guys listening are probably like, wait, we're already at trial usually that's the end of the episode no no there's lots more to talk about so oh yeah stick with us the episode is only about halfway over yeah well during the interrogation <laughs> exactly um well during the interrogation police had lied to christopher telling him that benjamin had yeah. already placed him at the crime scene and that they'd help christopher if he would just cooperate with the investigation it's just a little manipulation tactic here and at first yeah. christopher denied knowing anything at all about the crime But while watching the tapes, Christopher clearly crumbled under police pressure, giving them more and more information about his own involvement, finally admitting to having slashed Angie across the breast. Now, let me just remind everyone, if we remember, now we don't know Christopher's mental state or the type of kid that he is. Yeah, that's true. But if you remember Brandon Dassey on uh, Making of a Murderer, coerced statements, even though he said he was there. You know, I think we can all kind of agree that he probably wasn't there. So under police pressure, you're being questioned eight, ten hours a day with the same thing. You could cave. And there are yeah. a lot of false convictions here, a lot of false confessions, excuse me, that happen. So Well, we just, should also say, like, that being said, I believe Brendan is still in jail. He, he is. Yeah. He is. But I so. think that that videotape changed oh, for a sure. lot of people's Says, opinions mm-hmm. of what the truth might be, whether or not he did it or not and how you get to a quote-unquote truth you know well exactly and not only that but during these interviews christopher was threatened with the death penalty and was told that he couldn't remember what he had done because he had repressed his brutal memories of the crime Mm. this is just shitty police tactics in my opinion yeah at trial the detective testified that christopher had admitted to knowing what angie was wearing before he was shown crime scene photos however it was later clarified that christopher hadn't actually mentioned angie's clothing until he had been shown photos and video This is why, like, even if Christopher is guilty at this point in the case, the police have to do the right thing and go by the book. Because if they don't, again, you're going to get a Bill Cosby situation where shit isn't done right. Right. And the the prosecution also presented the testimony of Destiny Osborne, a young woman who had attended a party a few days after Angie's murder. Um, Okay. Isn't it weird? By the way, you mentioned Cosby, and I'm like, I forgot about that. He's, like, out and about now. I mean, I think his life is over, but yes. It's like, I don't think OJ's dating. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Destiny, who admitted to being high on drugs at this party, claimed to have overheard Christopher and Benjamin talking about the murder. She stated she had overheard Benjamin stating he had killed Angie because she owed him money for meth. Mm, Maybe like a drug deal gone wrong. Yeah, we're talking drugs now, guys. So this statement contradicted Christopher's statements to police where he claimed Angie didn't do drugs. And I'm sure, by the way, if they do an autopsy, they would be able to find out exactly what was in uh, her system. So there's something to be said about that. owing him money for meth doesn't necessarily mean that she took meth. You know, no, she totally could have been not. getting yeah. it for other people. So there's just a lot of unknowns. Well, although Christopher didn't testify on his own behalf, witnesses provided an alibi for him. Christopher had spent the night with a woman and been caught by his girlfriend the next morning. 
Wow. How I mean, how many twists Tough and turns can you guy. have in one in one show? You know what I mean? Especially with one guy. With one person. Yeah, exactly. Well, while this was particularly a, this was a particularly noteworthy event, prosecutors held firm to their claim that Christopher had gotten the dates wrong and that his alibi was invalid. Well, on May 28th, 1998, and I want to say this for a moment. I remember my first kiss. Mm-hmm. It was May 28th, 1998. Stop. And I remember it because there were so many eights in it. I think it was at like 8 o'clock. Isn't that weird that I know that? It was That's May 28th. Yeah. Wow. What, what was the person's name? Uh, her name was Denise. Oh, Denise. Yeah. I don't know if she Love. even knows she was my first kiss, but that's what happened. Mine was a guy named Mark. Oh, how old were yeah. you? I was in... Like what grade? Sixth grade? Yeah, I think I was sixth or seventh, yeah. Yeah. Look at us. So. Look at us. Yeah, look at... We're just, you know, a couple <laughs> of wild kids in sixth grade. In, in the middle of a... Uh, you're talking about our kisses in the middle of a uh, murder show. Okay, That's here right. we go. Well, anyway, on the day that I had my first kiss, Christopher was convicted by jury and sentenced to life in prison with a minimum sentence of 30 years for Angie's murder and 10 years for rape. The defense immediately launched appeals, specifically challenging the prosecution's decision to void the immunity agreement. Although all appeals were rejected, by 2001, the Idaho Court of Appeals stated that Christopher's Miranda rights had been violated several times during his interviews with police. Mm, Sounds like what Darren was just talking about a little bit with Brendan Dassey. The court also stated that this error was harmless and had not affected the outcome of the trial. I disagree personally I with that too. in yeah. 2007 the Ida so now six years goes by because because let me just say Christopher's still a yeah. person we all deserve yeah. due process as human beings for sure well yeah. six years later in 2007 the Idaho Innocence Project took on the case yeah, rec- they did. which by the way in and of itself is a big red or not a red flag but a big flag because they don't take on cases if there's not a big chance of of success here but well, anyway and they have so many people so many cases are submitted yeah. to them so you're right they have to kind of cherry pick the cases that they know that they can win or try yeah. to win yeah exactly uh, well they requested dna testing on the hairs recovered from angie's body which by the way why wasn't that originally done guys initially no these idea. hairs had only been visually inspected mitochondrial dna testing was performed at an fbi lab and the results proved that the DNA on the hairs was consistent with the semen at the crime scene, which, by the way, excluded Christopher, who had just received a life sentence. And you'd think that Christopher's DNA, if he was there, would at least be somewhere. Of you course. You know what I mean? Especially because he's being charged with something that obviously is like causes bodily fluids to be exchanged. Right. So in 2012, more DNA testing was done on Angie's shirt, sweatpants, and a teddy bear found with her body. This testing excluded both Christopher and Benjamin as contributors. The Idaho Innocence Project worked with the police department to use forensic genealogy to determine the male lineage to the Y chromosome present in the DNA sample. And, by now, the way, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but it is now 2012. Like, we're really skipping ahead. Like, that's several more years. And all the while, Christopher's running And he's in prison. In, in prison. And I think even one day longer is too long. And we're talking years now, but keep going. Yeah, Darren. this is unfortunately all too common. Now, initially... Yeah. Angie's mother, Carol, had outspokenly pleaded for Christopher to be given the death penalty in retribution for her daughter's murder, which 
one can understand. Yeah. One can understand her emotional response to this, of course, right? Like, of I course. Think, I don't know. I probably want to kill someone who, who killed my, my child or brother or family member. Yeah. However, as years went by without any further arrests, even she began to doubt Christopher's guilt. Wow. After watching the videotapes of Christopher's confessions for herself, Carol contacted Northwestern University School law professor Stephen Drizzen, one of the country's leading experts in false confessions. Mm -hmm. Now, unbeknownst to Carol, Stephen had already been communicating with Christopher's legal team. And after hearing from her, he agreed to investigate the case pro bono. Wow. That's pretty great. In 2014, Stephen published a report concluding that Christopher's confession was coerced and produced through pressure and deceit on part of the investigators. Hmm. Stephen's report went on to state that the confession was enhanced by officers after the fact when detectives supplied Christopher with just enough details of the crime to make the details in his confession seem genuine. Mm. Very Brandon Dassey here. Definitely. Stephen helped bring the Innocence Project of New York onto the defense team, and together with the Idaho Innocence Project, all three powerhouses agreed to fight for Christopher. That's major. Which is huge, right? Because it's one thing to have even one of these powerhouses to do it, but to have all three really tells me that there is a very serious case to uh, his exoneration. Yeah, Absolutely. And in May of 2016, the defense team filed a motion for post-conviction relief, asserting that Christopher's confession was the result of deception and coercion on the part of the police department. The motion also mentioned that Christopher's actual confession didn't fit the evidence presented at trial. Hmm. Christopher had told officers that the crime took place at approximately 1 a.m., but Angie had been with some friends at 12.30 p.m., and an autopsy showed that her bladder was very full, indicating that she had been in bed asleep for some time before her death. Oh, weird. I had never heard... I've never heard of, like, a detail like that. Wow. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. So lots of interesting forensics are now playing into this, which, of course, the Innocence Project and all of the these other groups rely on frankly that's how a lot of these exonerations and and things like that happen well on march 22nd 2017 a deal was reached with the district court christopher's rape conviction was vacated and his murder conviction was reduced to time served So Christopher was released from prison. However, at the time of the deal, the district attorney chose to make a statement saying, quote, anyone who says the evidence proves Christopher is innocent is operating from a biased agenda or his own personal belief. Let me stop you there. Yeah. You don't prove innocence, you prove guilt. So this right. fucking DA is a fucking idiot talking about he's operating from a biased agenda. Of on course. Because you don't prove innocence. You don't have to prove a negative. No. You prove the claim of guilt. You're not proving the claim of innocence. Absolutely. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. It has nothing to do with innocence. And Darren never even went to crazy. law school, you guys. So she knows fucking this. That's yeah, amazing. that's right. Well, after Christopher was released from prison, the Idaho Falls Police partnered with the Idaho Innocence Project and a technology company called Parabon Nanolabs to try and identify the actual source of the DNA found on Angie's body. Remember, there's somebody's DNA all over her body, but it's right, not the person. Right, we still haven't solved this case. Yeah, right. and it's not the person who just served all this time in prison. Well, the Parabon Nanolabs was able to use DNA records to build a genetic genealogy tree, and DNA samples were collected from six people generated from the tree, all men whom were roughly the right age and living in the Idaho Falls area around the time of the murder. But all six of those men were eliminated as sources of the DNA. Which, this is interesting, too, because, you know, how are they, first of all, are they asking these men to volunteer their DNA? Or are they doing what they did with the Golden State Killer and, like, 
you know, they have a hunch it's him and they're hiding out outside of pizza shops and like collecting his trash. Right, right. You know, which is what happened with him. So I'm just, I don't know. There's a little bit of a privacy thing here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all about, you know, finding the suspects. But like, if all six of these men didn't voluntarily give their DNA over, it's a little bit weird to me. That's all I'm saying. Well, analysts uh, then found a seventh person of interest in the same lineage, and his ma- this man's name was Brian Drips, which is a very nope. interesting last name. Yeah. Well, Brian lived across the street from Angie around the time of her death and had uh-huh. been questioned early in the investigation, which I'm glad he was at least questioned because this would show that police sure. were just, you know. Now, although Brian now lived on the other side of the state, the Idaho Falls PD conducted surveillance on him, waiting for him mm-hmm. to leave a DNA sample for them to collect and analyze on a discarded mm. coffee cup or cigarette butt. Now, to your point, like the Golden State Killer, yes, I agree, like, to not forcibly take DNA away sure. from anyone. But if you're drinking coffee and you throw it out in the trash, I mean... It's trash. It's public Right, that now. you're kind of volunteering to give up. Yeah, You know what true. I mean? So it's... So it's kind of, it's, it's a messy, nuanced situation. But eventually they were able to collect a used cigarette Brian had smoked, which they compared and positively matched with the DNA sample from uh-huh. the scene. On May 15th, 2019, literally like two and a half years ago, Brian Ugh. was brought in for questioning and confessed to Angie's murder and rape. Brian stated that he had acted alone and didn't even know Christopher. Oh my God. On July 17th, 2019, Christopher's murder conviction was vacated. It is believed that this is the first time Genetic genealogy had been used to exonerate a defendant. And after Hmm. his exoneration, Christopher stated, quote, I'm so thankful that I've been giving the second chance at life. I've wasted 20 years of my life for something I never did, but I also grew up over those 20 years. Yeah, I'm sure you learn a lot about yourself when you're forced into, you know, a life sentence against your own will. Um, You know, I also think, too, now I don't know, you know, this varies state by state, so I don't know what Idaho does, but I know some states... Uh, if you get exonerated, you get $1 million per year that you were incarcerated. Right. Now, 20 years or how, however long he actually was in jail. I highly doubt. I'm going to say this and we got to look it up. But I highly doubt that yeah. the fucking state, after the police botched this in some sort of way enforced this, are awarding $20 million. That seems like $20 million of a major mistake. Totally. I hear you. Um he deserves it. He deserves, he deserves every it. bit of it. But I'm I'm just curious what what you know his what's the word his not reward but you know whatever compensation that, yeah the compensation thank you retribution yeah yeah so it's very interesting. Uh, what do you guys think about this episode? What do you think about these details? We've been doing a lot of innocence project related cases, which I know has Darren very excited. I'm also curious <laughs> to hear from people to see if any of these cases that we've covered has either change your mind on death penalty at all maybe not maybe you feel stronger about it that's cool just let me know why like i'm just curious to see if we've kind of changed anybody's mind with some of these cases yeah absolutely let us know in our facebook group that's where a lot of our conversation is happening you can find us at the shaken and disturbed podcast fans it's very public and easy to find or message us on Instagram or Twitter, wherever. We're trying to get to everything. It's Jay Thrasher, Carpe Darren. I will say I'm very bad at getting back to people on Instagram DMs because I get so many of them. So it's kind of hard to keep up. But just know I've, if I have the time, I'm always in there looking around. And we appreciate your interest in our show and the details. Yes, please keep sending them. Um, Darren, that's very t- important. Tell us some listener shout outs. Yeah, so let's listen to shout out. Josh in our Facebook group said, I'm going to start calling it the two or three degrees of Darren Carp. I swear she knows everyone. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Fair I, enough. I forget what this comment is. I feel like you do know everybody. Oh, it was the um, you knew somebody who knew the uh, Willie Garrison who had passed away. Remember? Yes. On NMR. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Garson. Gar- yeah. Garrison. Garson. Garrison. Garson. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't say that the wrong way. Um, no. Now I have to look it up because now I'm blanking. I know. Look it up quickly. Willie. Garson, I hate to it say it is Willie Garson. Garson, my bad. Yes. Did not mean to disparage his name. Who? But if, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, because it was like on Instagram, I found out about the pancreatic cancer thing. From right. One of that's my right. Friends. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, by the way, for those who didn't listen to NMR, he is, he played Stanford on Sex and the City. Recently passed away. We talked about it. Darren knew somebody. That's where. Yes. We, yeah. Also, we wanted to give a shout out to listener Brittany Goodman, who is celebrating her 25th birthday this week woo, on October woo. 8th. She's yeah. a big fan of the show. And man, oh man, Darren, I wish I were 25 again some days, knowing what I know now. Uh, but have a drink, Brittany, and drink safely. Happy 25th birthday to you. It's- it's funny. Happy birthday, Brittany. Thank you so much for listening. 25 is a great year. I was, I did have drinks last night with an old college friend and she was like, if you could go back for four <laughs> years, like what would you do again? You know oh what I mean? God. And I was like, I would love to relive college knowing what Me I know too. now. Like, even 25, not in college. I was still working literally with Andy Cohen, but I just kind of wonder like, <laughs> I don't know. Like would I have been? Yeah, you're right. Maybe we don't know the lessons we don't know. You know what I well, mean? Well, the youth is wasted on the young, as they say. So, and Brittany, <laughs> enjoy being young, unlike John and I. And, of course, we have yeah. to end every episode saying thanks, Megan, so that way people know we're having, like, this posse of people yep. saying it out loud so that yep. way you can kind of, t- you know, see who else is listening to the podcast. So are you ready to do it, John? Let's count it down. All right. One, two, three. Thanks, thanks Megan. Megan. We love Love you, you Megan, for all your hard oh work God. as usual. And she's been at the House of Yes recently, just like being amazing. What's with that? Husband. I don't even know what that means. It's like, honestly, we need to get Megan on here to I kind know. of What's explain been going it on because with her? Yeah. it is, it's like a venue uh-huh. that just like, that has like crazy shit on it. Like it's, <laughs> it's, I, 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 all right. I, yeah, it's like a performance center and I'm sure that they do a bunch of stuff, but it's like kind of wild they have all different types of events dirty circus every body party dirty thursday house of grooves but it's just like a really fun cool venue she might even do some rocky horror stuff there we'll get her on and talk to her by the way sounds right up megan's alley and your alley for that matter so exactly i wish she'd take me she's such a bitch oh oh my god yeah she's just the worst thanks megan thanks megan yes thank you guys so much for listening this week's episode make sure you hit us up on our socials and we'll have a new episode of nmr on our patreon so be sure to subscribe patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed what are you waiting for it's all there waiting for you just do it people nmr get your asses over there (laughs) see you next time bye bye